How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me here. I want to go out of the gate and take Matt's question because he's been holding a while and uh, I, I've, this is something I wanted to talk about anyway. So Matt, uh, sorry to keep you waiting. Thanks for being patient. Welcome to the show. Hey Eric, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I will try to phrase this as succinctly as I can. Um, so I have, uh, my ultimate hope and faith is in God. And so in the long term, I'm very optimistic. Um, I, I know how the story ends in the short term, especially for our country right now. Uh, I am much more pessimistic. Uh, I, it seems like a, the Constitution w- is a remarkable document, uh, and it led us to a great place. I think as we've traveled away from the Constitution, we have been in decline, and it seems as though neither the Republicans nor the Democrats have much interest in a return to constitutionalism. Um, seems like the Democrats are trying to drive us over a cliff at 90 miles an hour, and the Republicans are trying to hit the brakes and only drive over at 45 miles an hour, but with the same destination in mind. Um, and because of that, uh, in reference to your segment on Friday about politics as someone's God, for me, I have at this point very little to no faith in politics or politicians to be able to really help. Um, and I was hoping to get your take on where we can, where the path is to move forward and reverse the decline that we're currently on. Oh, that's a great, great um, question. Uh, so, Matt, I think that part of this is you've got to recalibrate your expectations. Uh, and what I mean by that is you got to focus locally more than nationally. Uh, we're not going to be saved by Washington, D.C. That's abundantly obvious. Uh, I, and let's take a real failed state as an example, Mexico. Mexico is legitimately a failed state. Um, what Mexico um, is doing is the current president, AMLO, is in the pocket of the drug cartels. And there are parts of the country that have been completely overrun with cartels. And what you're finding is that local communities are standing up for themselves. Their citizens are arming themselves. They're backing their local police. And there are villages and towns in Mexico that have kind of taken their existence into their own hands. And they don't depend on Mexico City anymore or even their their local territorial provincial government. They do it themselves. And a lot of them are being successful. It's not getting a lot of attention in this country because – To talk about it, you'd have to talk about Mexico being a failed state. Uh, We're not going to get helped by Washington, D.C., because you're right. uh, The Democrats and Republican Party are both running us off a a cliff, fiscal and otherwise. A crisis is going to come that's going to force them to deal with it. 
But until then, um, they're not going to deal with anything. Uh, neither side is serious. Both sides are playing to people, voters who wish to be entertained. Uh, and this goes back to my love of uh, Jeremiah 29. Seek the welfare of the city in which you live and pray for it because there you'll find your welfare. Uh, and I think that is advice whether you are a believer or not. I think there is profound wisdom in this letter uh, that is from Jeremiah to the exiles in Babylon. And let me let me set the stage for everyone here, just so you understand it. Again, this isn't don't don't tune me out because you're like, oh, there he goes. Eric's going all all Jesus and, and theology here. This isn't. This is actual his, history. This is historic. This is documented, and it's advice that you would do well to take yourself. Let me explain to you the situation here. This is this is legit history. Uh, Israel and Judah have fallen, Israel to the hands of the Assyrians. I've just been doing a Bible teaching Sunday school on Amos. They fall to the Assyrians, and then the Assyrians fall to the Babylonians, and the uh, Jews from northern Israel are dragged further over into Persia. The Jews in Judah fall to the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, and they as well pulled into the Iraq territory and then further over to Persia. Uh, in exile. They are completely gone. And the Jews think, well, God, the Messiah, he's going to come rescue us. He's going to save us. Uh, We need to get ready. And what does he say? This is Jeremiah writing. Uh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to all the exiles, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage that they may may bear sons and daughters, Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. What he's essentially saying is nobody's coming to help you. You need to focus on where you live, and you need to make the best of where you live as good as possible. Now, Here, Matt, this is my advice to people to take this to heart. Instead of being fixated on the politics of Washington every day, and I know I'm a radio show, talk show host, part of what I do is cover the news, and a lot of it's out of Washington. But focus on your local community. Do you know where your local homeless shelter is? What about your battered women shelter? Do you know where the local soup kitchen is? Have you volunteered? Have you taken your kids to volunteer? Have you focused on your local community? Now, why? That's not political. But here's the thing. Politics in this country is kind of broken. We're going through a political realignment. It's discombobulating a lot of people. And it's going to change completely. It's going to continue to change. And you may wake up one day and say, you know what? As a lot of Democrats do, and I'm not a Democrat anymore. As a lot of college-educated Republicans do, and I'm not a Republican anymore. A lot of people like me just feel displaced. I'm an elected Republican, formerly elected Republican. I don't know what the hell the Republican Party stands for anymore, and I refuse to be a part of a cult of personality. Ideas, I think, still matter, and none of my ideas are being reflected in public policy in Washington on any, any side of the aisle. It's wild. I want to secure the American border and fund it, but I also want to like help Ukraine. Apparently, it's either or. You either want to secure the border or you want to help Ukraine. I actually want to do all this stuff. I want to preserve the American world order. Believe in conservatism. Well, you know what? In your local community, things are less political. I was on a city council. I was an elected Republican. 
I don't know what the Republican position on trash collection is. I have no idea. No one ever told me. What I knew is that I thought we could do it better uh, by privatizing the system. It would save the county a lot of money. That was my position. Had a lot of other positions, some of which I changed my mind over. After-school programs for kids funded by the government, I've actually become a big proponent of those over time because in my local community, I could see by the local dollars funding after-school programs, crime went down in the afternoons because kids were at a, a community center doing their homework with tutors as opposed to being home alone and getting into mischief. Seek the welfare of the city in which you live because there you'll find your welfare. Now, here's the way it works, Matt. You do this in your community and I do this in my community. I seek the welfare of my community and you seek the welfare of your community. Somebody in another town seeks the welfare of their community. Pretty soon everybody's seeking the welfare of their own community. What happens? Well, that doesn't just improve all those communities. It improves the whole state. Because if all the communities in the state improve, the state itself, by virtue of being the larger division of those cities, it improves because you've improved your local community. And then people in another state start doing it and it improves their state. Well, there are only 50 states. You improve 26 of them. That's the majority. You've improved all these states. And guess what happens then? If all those states are improved, they improve Washington. There's not an easy fix. We didn't get into this mess quick. We're not going to get out of this mess quick. What we have to hope is that there is enough institutional integrity and inertia and enough good people that we can overcome the next hurdles and crises because the crises are coming. They're building on the horizon. You can see the crises coming. You can see it on the horizon. We have a fiscal cliff we're going to go off of. We have the Houthi have sunk a British merchant ship and the Biden administration refused to do anything about it except to look tough on MSNBC uh, without being tough enough to actually get anything accomplished. You've got the uh, Tucker Carlson fanboys trying to outpraise Russia and trying to tie Trump to Navalny, which is just horrific that they would try to do that. Uh, you got uh, neither side wants to be grown up and serious, and both sides uh, play to the petty vanities of their bases who just want to be entertained and hate the other side as opposed to actually focus on moving the country forward. And a lot of people have decided that the only way to move the country forward is to actually find some way to penalize the other side. But we're Americans. There's no such thing as a permanent political majority. So you have to find a way to accommodate each other and our differences while continuing to move forward. And the best way to do that is to seek the welfare of the city in which you live because there you will find very few partisan issues. You will find cultural differences. You'll find philosophical differences, but you won't find red versus blue differences in most cases. Most city councils in most states are nonpartisan to begin with. But to do that, you have to know your neighbor. And increasingly, on the left and the right, we don't know our neighbors we know the people who show up to our political events who think like us and look like us and friend us on Facebook and share our memes. And we don't even know the person who lives right next door to us. We sit in our backyards isolated from each other instead of on our front porches where our neighbors might come by. Most of us don't even have front porches anymore. Hypocrite here because I want a big house with a lot of land and no neighbors at some point. but seek the welfare of the city in which you live. Now, that, that may be a little bit off the reservation for what you wanted, but I, I can't think of a, of a different solution. We've all got to improve our local communities. Let's say tomorrow, God forbid, let's say tomorrow this nation is wiped out at war and it begins to break apart 
you can't call on Washington, D.C. to help you. You're going to have to call on your next-door neighbor. You may not be able to call on your state capitol, but you can call on your next-door neighbor. Every person has a skill. You know, I got to tell you, my skill is talking nonstop three hours a day. I don't hunt. I'm a terrible fisherman. I don't garden well. Um, so I guess I'll be able to be the town spokesman while somebody else provides me some meat to take care of me because I'm not going to go out and kill the animal. So my family's toast. <laughs> my wife's the one who's going to have to go out and hunt. <laughs> she can she can deadlift the deer. Um, Y'all, look, in all seriousness, it's it's... There's no easy solution to this. We didn't get into this quick. We're not going to get out of it quick. But we get out of it quicker when we stop hating each other because of our political differences, and that's sometimes really hard. There are things that I see as real evil in this country, and honestly, I see this move to put boys and girls sports as as just an, a, a self-infatuated level of evil. But I also realize there are people who disagree. And sometimes you got to be willing to work with people you disagree with, and it's way easier at the local level because all of us are deeply committed to our communities, and we all want what's best for the community. We may have different ways of approaching it. We may have different ways of moving forward, but I'll give you a great example in my community. In my community, there's a, uh, a, a big light display for Christmas every year, big light display. It was started, sponsored by some churches, some local business leaders, some local Christians. Huge, huge display. It has grown every year. And this year, some of the uh, leaders in the community decided we need to stop calling it a Christmas display and call it a holiday display. And one of the loudest, most aggressive progressives in the community who's not big on churches, really not big on Christians, entered the breach and said, this is Christmas. It's Christmas lights. These are good people. Let it be a Christmas light show. It's still Christmas lights. Because a progressive who's really hostile to a lot of conservative evangelicals knew the hearts of the people who put up the Christmas display, knew their passion and stood with them, something you wouldn't expect. Because they all know each other. They know their hearts. They've got to know their neighbors, and they disagree on a lot of issues, but they don't hate each other because they're all seeking the welfare of their local community. And if we all did that, we would be far better off, and we would also make ourselves, by virtue of doing it, completely less dependent on Washington so that not every hill becomes a hill to die on. And right now, that's part of our problem is every single hill becomes a hill to die on, fed and fueled by social media. You focus on the welfare of your community, suddenly you realize what's really important, and a whole lot of the stuff you think is important turns out to be not so much. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, very happy to have you guys. I, I'm, I'm watching this video here, uh, Jews in Melbourne, Australia were attempting to go to an event to listen to other Jewish speakers talk about what's happening in Israel. Anti-Israeli protesters blocked them from being able to go and beat them up. And the Australian police detained the Jews instead of their attackers. 
their assailants. Um, I, I really do believe the notion that uh, anti-Semitism is a big red flag for deteriorating situations in society, and we are seeing so much anti-Semitism on the rise around uh, the world right now. It is a big red flag for something worse coming. And it impacts all of us. Uh, a, a Columbia University professor the other day uh, released an anti-Semitic statement uh, saying that um, the, the, that only Europeans persecuted the Jews, uh, which isn't true. It's just sad to see so many Jews being harassed. They didn't start this war. They, they didn't. Hamas started it, and everything to come from it has been because of Hamas, and yet no one wants to hold Hamas accountable. It, it's, the, this, it's not just anti-Semitism. It really is anti-Israel, and it really is evil. Uh, we should all be paying attention to it. It's just deeply troublesome. All right, I got to move on. Before I do, I, y'all, I, look, yeah, they're an advertiser, and it's an ad, but I got to tell you, I, I legit for 20 years have been using stamps.com. And I'm glad to have them as an advertiser because they've saved me so much money over the years. You can get up to 89% off post office and UPS shipping rates. They make it so easy with their technology. You can use their website on your mobile device or on your computer. And you can print a label. You can get the cheapest option sorted or the fastest option sorted. Sometimes they're the same. And they take care of it for you. You can print a label. They even will send you, if you go to stamps.com and you click on the microphone on the top right and you put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, they'll send you a free digital scale. They'll give you some free postage. It's a limited time offer. You do not have a contract to sign. You can cancel at any time. There's no long-term commitment, but they will save you money. If you regularly ship packages or you need postal supplies, you can get them at stamps.com. It's such a great deal. Stamps.com. Click on the microphone, put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Get shipping and saving today with Stamps.com. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, Y'all, look, I'm terrible at self-promotion, believe it or not. Um, I I hate to to talk about me and promote me. It wasn't how I was raised, and and yet you got to do these things in in radio and the like, um, which is frustrating. I do an annual conference. The conference is in August. It's going to be August 8th through the 11th in Atlanta, Georgia. When I was at Red State uh, years ago, back in 2009, I actually put up a a post at Red State because the site had been around since 2004. A lot of the same people there forever. And I was like, okay, who wants to come to Atlanta and grab a beer? And literally, that that was my post. Who wants to come to Atlanta, grab a beer? We've all been here for so long online. How about we meet offline? And like 500 people said, I'll come have a beer with you. Um, I was like, well, gosh, now I got to do something. And that gave way to what I've called the gathering ever since I'm terrible with coming up with names. And we were gathering in Atlanta. And so I was like, let's just call it the gathering. And it stuck. And it kind of made me feel proud to a degree. So I left Red State in 2015. I'd been in charge of it for 10 years. I'm now a radio show host by 2015 and had been for four years. 
the company had been bought by a competing radio company, and all the plans of integrating my radio show into the site and stuff, it all kind of collapsed. And it's like, it's time for me to focus on being my own person instead of running Red State. So I left, and, and the, the gathering collapsed thereafter. They did one more. They made me come back and participate, and I was like, I'm done. Um, and they, they canceled it. No more. So I was asked to keep it going and I did. And then COVID hit and for two years of, of COVID, we're like, we, we just, we can't do this conference because of COVID. And finally last year we brought it back and we had, I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. We had Chip Roy there. Uh, Tom Cotton, Joni Ernst, uh, Brian Kemp, Glenn Youngkin, so many people. It was a great event. And I had told myself, you know what, I, I'm one more time, see if I can do it, and that'll be it. And everybody's like, oh, you got to keep doing this. You got to keep doing this. So we're going to do it again. I'll give you the list of people we are inviting. Now, keep in mind, they could say no. But these are the people that we are inviting to begin with. Uh, Governor DeSantis. Governor Gianforti of Montana, Governor Kemp of Georgia, Governor Reynolds of Iowa, Governor Stitt of Oklahoma, Governor Yunkin of Virginia, Senator Cotton of Arkansas, Senator Cruz of Texas, Senator Danes of Montana, Senator Ernst of Iowa, Speaker Johnson, uh, House Majority Leader Scalise, Congressman Banks of Indiana, Congressman Kamek of Florida, who's already said yes, Congressman Siskamani of Arizona, who said yes, Congressman McCormick of Georgia, who said yes, Congressman Roy of Texas, and then uh, some great candidates, um, Sam Brown, who's running for the Senate in Nevada, Dave McCormick running for the Senate in Pennsylvania, Tim Shee running for the Senate in Montana, uh, and we'll have some more to announce on that front as well. Uh, we're inviting them to come to Atlanta. The format is, as last year, 30 minutes on stage with me having a conversation. Now, we will also have a new RNC chair. And we'll be working with the RNC to make sure the presidential nominee is represented at the gathering as well as we try to rally around the idea of gaining in the House and taking the Senate and the White House and making gains at the state level. If you would like to come, you are very welcome to come. Uh, it is going to be a packed house. We've made some changes. We had to up the ticket prices to be able to accommodate stuff. If you text the word ENGAGE, Text the word ENGAGE to the number 33777. I will send you back a link. And you can click that link and you can um, get a ticket. You can get multiple tickets. And I would love to have you come to Atlanta. It's a great way to bring our on-air friendship uh, into reality. You can come hang out with me for a couple of days in Atlanta and meet these people. If you've been to one before, you know it's very grassrootsy. We actually try to keep the cost as low as we can for attendees and rely on sponsors. Uh, Americans for Prosperity, Heritage Foundation, Meta, a number of great sponsors have stepped up to help us. We're trying to get more sponsors. We gotta, we really got to up the sponsors this year to cover the costs. Um, we're working on that. Uh, but I would love to have you come to Atlanta um, and and hang out with us and see these great speakers and again, they're, they're conversations on stage. We, I, I refuse, I used to do this. In fact, the original format when I started was you get 20 minutes to speak and then 10 minutes of answering questions from the crowd. And now I just ask the crowd to submit your questions in advance and I have a conversation on stage where I just weave the questions from the crowd into my conversation. They got to answer the questions. I don't want 
candidates to show up and filibuster. I despise the idea of someone coming and wasting our time by not being able to shut up and answer our questions. So you got to sit down. You got to have a conversation. You got to answer questions. We'd be delighted to have you there. Uh, again, text the word ENGAGE to 33777 and hold the date, please, August 8th through the 11th in Atlanta. It'll be same place as last year, the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. A great hotel, great area, lots of little restaurants around there to go out and eat, among other things. Uh, text the word ENGAGE to 33777. Now, Scott is on the phone, and I'd like to take his call. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Great. What's going on? Hey, hey uh, tell me why um, sanctuary cities don't fall under nullification. Uh, and, um, I mean, I know Calhoun, there was, you know, uh, that, that there was a crisis there, confrontation about nullification. Oh, that's a great Jackson, question. Okay. And then, I think the Cherokee Indians had, had there was a similar thing with Georgia. Yep. So uh, this is a nuance yep. in federal law. It's not actually nullification. Uh, so what the Constitution says is the states have the police power. The federal government has very limited police power. So what these states and cities are doing that are declaring themselves sanctuary cities is they're just saying our local or state law enforcement aren't going to help the feds. It's not nullification. It's it's they don't have to under constitutional law. You cannot compel a, a county sheriff or a state law enforcement officer to enforce federal law because they are agents of the state. They're not agents of the federal government. So what the cities and the states that are sanctuary cities or states say is that we're just not going to help the feds round up the illegal immigrants. If they want to round them up, they're certainly welcome to come in and do it, but we're not going to help them. That makes sense. It just seems like a difference in degree and not kind. You know that that they're they they said you know we're not going to we could we could do that about a, a myriad of federal laws. Right? Yeah, and, and they're allowed yeah. to. Um, they're allowed oh, okay. to. Um, and oh. this one is because of the the public interests of the left. Uh, the left hates the idea of illegal immigration, and they love open borders. And so in these left-wing yeah. states, they've decided we're not going to do this. Now, the right can, and in many cases, has done the same thing as well. So, for example, um, it, there are some states, for example, that will not enforce uh, federal education rules. Uh, and it's like, if feds, you want to come in and, and audit yourself, you're more than welcome to come in and audit, but we're not going to do the auditing for you. Um, if Medicare and Medicaid is a great example as well, and Obamacare. Uh, states refusing, conservative states refusing to expand their state health care systems to accommodate an expansion of Obamacare. Uh, that's a that's a, a, a conservative version of what the left is doing with sanctuary cities, saying we're not touching this health care law. If the feds want to do it, the feds can do it, but we're not going to expand our state public health care systems to accommodate it. Um, it. It's a great way for states to say, uh, Uncle Sam, if you want to do it, you come do it. We're not going to. Um, I'll tell you one of the most famous examples ever is the state of Louisiana. When Ronald Reagan in the early 1980s raised the uh, drinking age for federal highway funds, uh, that if you wanted federal highway funds, you had to raise your drinking age to 21. States couldn't be compelled under the uh, 21st Amendment. They couldn't be compelled to raise their drinking age. Uh, alcohol rules are state-level rules under the Constitution, not federal rules. 
So Louisiana said, forget it. We're not doing it. So this is why to this day, the highways in Louisiana suck because they, they kept their drinking age at 18 and didn't get federal highway funds. And the federal government, there was literally nothing under the Constitution the federal government could do to raise the drinking age in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana just gave them the middle finger. And for years, we our roads were terrible. They're getting better now because they finally did change the drinking age. After I was 21, I would like for the record to state, um, they changed the drinking age to 21. And uh, now they get federal highway funds. But it, it's one of those funny little quirks uh, in uh, in the Constitution that with the division of federal powers between the states and Washington, uh, no state can compel its law for well, a state can, uh, but the federal government cannot compel its state law enforcement to enforce federal laws. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, Scott. Great question. Yeah, it's it, it, so – now what nullification is – is different in that there are some laws the federal government can pass that apply to the states. And the states nullify those laws by saying, we're not going to do this. So a great example of a nullification, of an issue of nullification, would be in uh, interstate commerce. So the federal government regulates commerce between the states. And so the federal government can tell the state of uh, Arizona, for example, that you cannot impose in extra inspection burdens on vehicles licensed from another state. The state of Arizona or your state, your state is not allowed to impose uh, extraneous licensing requirements on other states. And your state does. A very good example of this is the state of Virginia has a law that says your car must have a license on the front and the rear of the car. My state of Georgia does not. My state of Georgia says you got to have a, your license plate on the back of the car. It's not mandatory on the front of the car. The state of Virginia says it's mandatory on the front and the back of the car. If I drive through Virginia and my license has is a Georgia license plate, Virginia is not allowed to pull me over and ticket me for not having a license on the front of my car because I'm from Georgia and my car is from Georgia and federal interstate laws say Virginia can't punish me for not complying with those sorts of traffic laws in Virginia uh, that are different from my state of Georgia. And the result is if Virginia were to pull me over and give me a ticket, they would be nullifying that federal law. Um, they would be applying their laws to me in ways they're not allowed. Now, you'll say, well, what about what about um, speed limits? What if you go a speed limit in Georgia, but you're in, in Virginia? Well, speed limit in Georgia and Virginia, both states have speed limit laws. And so I've got to comply with Virginia's speed limit law, even if the speed limit on their interstate is different from mine, because I have a speed limit law in my state as well. Every state does, which is different from the physical compliance laws of a license plate under interstate commerce rules. So it's a technical distinction. You're kind of right. It's a distinction without a major difference, uh, but it is applying federal law to state law versus states discriminating against each other um, when the federal government tells them they can't. That's where nullification comes in more than anything, uh, which constitutionally you're not allowed to do. This is a perfect, actual, perfect segue into telling you about the a constitutional courses at Hillsdale College where you can learn about this stuff. They've got a great, great uh, segment on federalism and how it works under our Constitution. If you go to ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com, 
you can get a pocket constitution completely for free from Hillsdale College and hear their constitution minutes that air during this program's commercial breaks. You can even share them with friends. And once you're through the portal and you've filled out the information and you're listening to them, you can find out how to take the constitution courses from Hillsdale College. They're great courses that educate you on these sorts of issues. What is nullification? What does it mean? What's How does federalism work? Why is it states don't have to comply with certain rules from Washington and they do others? It's fantastic. You can send them to your friends. You can sign up your friends who are ignorant about the Constitution. Help them learn. Hillsdale College it, it has a very missional approach towards our founding and the constitutionalism in this country and how seriously we should take it. All of their students, I mean, they're freshman students, not only have to they learn the Institutes of, of Religion from, from John Calvin, they got to read the Constitution. They get a very well-rounded classical education. They want to share that with the public as well. So go to ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K. EricForHillsdale.com. Put in your address, get your free pocket Constitution Declaration of Independence, hear the Constitution Minutes, share them with your friends, and find out how to develop a lasting relationship with Hillsdale College, one of the best educational institutions in the country. EricForHillsdale.com. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Let me take one last call today. Uh, Howard, you're going to be up. Welcome. Yes, sir. Eric, I just want to let you know, brother, you are a blessing. Uh, You're an encourager. You're an energizer. Uh, I'm just a 75-year-old man, a Vietnam vet, trying to reach out to improve what you just said in Jeremiah, our community, as well as improve the welfare of our community. Uh, Thank you very much for your service. You say what you said. I mean, it, it really gave me a lot of energy. Well, look, I, I appreciate you, your your feedback there as well. Uh, thank you for your service and your commitment to the country. And, yeah, I just I, – I really I've, – I've felt very strongly for a while now that we, particularly conservatives, we do local best. And yes. uh, if we really want to improve the country, improve your local yes. community. And if everybody does it, we're going to do it. I think that those words in Jeremiah are, are true for all of us. I need that chapter in Jeremiah, so I'm, I'm going to be giving a, a, a couple words to some groups, and I want to use that in this speech that I'm get, getting All ready right. to give. It's uh, Jeremiah 29 is the chapter. It's the very beginning of that chapter. Okay. And it is well, it literally, it is. these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the exiles. Uh, that's how it begins, you. Howard. Absolutely. Thank you. Jeremiah 29. Uh, it is a letter he's written. Uh, the, the, the Jews have gone into exile, uh, Nebuchadnezzar sent them to Babylon, uh, and this is the letter he sends it. He tells who's sending it and, and says, this is what, this is God's message for you. 
uh, you're not coming home anytime soon. So you're in exile. Seek the welfare of, of the city in which you live. What's real notable there is build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful, multiply. So what he is, is, is he's also telling them, if, if you follow along like the beginning of Genesis, it, it's make this an Eden. Uh, tend to your garden and be fruitful and multiply. That was what God said in, in Eden. So here, uh, find some contentment. You're in exile. Uh, you, you find the world miserable around you, and yet I, I want you to be here. This is where I put you, and I want you to make this place your home. So wherever you are, make it your home. Uh, you, if you're not good at physically growing a garden, that's okay. Uh, but make wherever you are your home and invest in it. We really don't do that. The, the number of people I, I encounter, uh, transient or transplants move into an area and they have no, they, they, they don't want to settle down. They're like, we're just here for work. Well, you should be part of your community where you, when your work moves you somewhere, you may not stay there forever. But make it part of your community. Find a church to belong to or a civic group to, to get involved with. Find a local soup kitchen or a food pantry to help with. Um, be a part of the community. Be seen in the community. You know, the crazy thing is that as the world turns hostile, to particularly to people of faith, um, when you as a person of faith are seen engaged in your community and loving your community, it's going to be your local community that protects you from the hostility. Seek the welfare of the community in which you live for the welfare of the city. And by the way, I, I should note, uh, if you pull out the Greek, or actually if you pull out the Hebrew in this case, and you look, um, seek the welfare of the city in which you live, uh, that does not mean state. It does not mean nation. It means your actual local community. Uh, so don't be seeking the welfare of Virginia. If you're in uh, Norfolk, seek the welfare of Norfolk. Uh, if you're in Georgia, don't seek the welfare of Washington, D.C. Seek the welfare of your local community. If everybody does that, you improve your local communities, then you improve your state. If every state does that, then you improve your nation. And there's a lot of wisdom in there to be involved locally, love locally, invest locally with your resources, politically and otherwise. You guys have a great day. I'll talk to you all tomorrow.